Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 38. One of the things I've been thinking about recently is how do we know we are on the right track? I've heard it said, and it often comes up with teams I work with, that we outsource our sanity. We give the job of knowing if we're right or wrong to others. We put ourselves and our ideas out into the world and let others let us know if we are losing our minds or not. It was perhaps one of the more challenging aspects of living alone and working from home throughout the past 18 months. You miss the effect of having others around you for so many reasons, but helping you feel less insane is probably one of the more difficult ones. And whilst I felt its effects over the past year and a half, I perhaps had not appreciated the degree to which I had missed the affirmations of others until, over the past month or two, life, and particularly work life, has become much more normal. The affirmations of others can be so simple, so small, barely noticed in the moment. A compliment on the colour of your nail polish telling someone you've enjoyed the song they've shared with you, finding common ground in small talk conversations. In returning to -to face-to-face teaching at university this semester, I've noticed how much easier it is to spot the spark behind the eyes that lights up when something makes sense or really hits home. How much easier it is distinguishing between the silence of confusion with the silence of intense engagement. How much easier it is to receive those little affirmations that you're on the right track together. Sometimes affirmations are deeper, more profound. Like working with songwriters who are drawing on experiences of suicidal thoughts to write lyrics, which in writing them down and having others relate to them, they're able to find their experiences affirmed as real, but also as temporary and as a result, easier to put down and let go. It, of course, doesn't have to be in lyrics or songs, but simply in the understanding of someone else who hears what we say and in their response lets us know that what we've been through is real. In knowing it was real, it's so much easier to then get a feel for how important or unimportant it is, how helpful or hurtful it may be, how big or small it may be in scale and across time. I cannot count how many times a thought or a worry has nearly eaten me alive inside, only to find, when shared, it's not half the monster it seemed to be. Why is it that laughing at the absurd workings of our own brains is so much more easily done in the sharing out loud than in the silence of solitude? I'm so grateful for those in my life who listen and laugh and share. 
not because it makes those troublesome thoughts or worries go away, but it sure helps to get the measure of them. Of course, affirmations are not just something that comes from others. We have to, in the end, know our own strengths within ourselves and be able to draw on them when they are needed. And from cheesy quotes on mugs and posters through to purposeful mindfulness practice, we all have to find ways to remind ourselves of the strengths we have within and our own personal potential for facing up to the world and making our way through it. One quote I love and remind myself of constantly is not exactly an affirmation in and of itself, but it helps me nonetheless. It's from J.R.R. Tolkien, and he says, False hopes are more dangerous than fears. False hopes are more dangerous than fears. And I love that. Also, I think it helps explain some of the cringe, face-scrunching, eye-rolling reaction I find myself having to the more saccharine, sweet, seemingly vapid affirmations that can easily pop up in a positivity-only culture that can quickly become so toxic. Because whilst there is something so deeply powerful in reminding ourselves of the inner strengths we possess, exactly in the moments we feel them least but need them most, What we cannot do is allow them to become false hopes which crowd out real and powerful and purposeful fears. Fears which will push us forward. Fears which need our reaction. Fears which kick our asses into action. I was reminded this week that one of the great lies of depression is feeling like this feeling will last forever. We can and must challenge that lie and lies like it, affirming our capacity for coping and the potential for change. But we must do so without disregarding or ignoring the reality of what it feels like right now. I shared in a previous episode how I have been working to build up a bank of memories stored feelings and experiences of being cared for, loved, connected, validated, affirmed, valued and more, each one indisputably real and actively squirreled away, ready to be drawn upon when I feel lonely or lost or disconnected. It has taken real time and real effort over that time in moments of noticing and storing those memories, as well as noticing when they are needed and making use of them in mindfulness. I cannot recommend it enough. Build up affirmations that mean something to you, that don't mask or hide away fears behind false hopes, but that draw on the reality of who we are and our potential for change, to help us feel what is real in the moments we need it most. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.